G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Some inspiration from a story today where a house church movement was born out of a devastating event within a local church. And it may become, it, it, it became necessary as a means to hold together uh, the people who were a part of that event in the local church, people who were wounded, people who were crushed, who were not ready to step back into another congregation. So we're going to be talking about house churches over this next hour, and you might be surprised just how significant home gatherings are in Australia. Our special guest today conducted some surveys throughout Victoria, both in Melbourne and in country towns, and they found that for a significant number of people, house churches were the norm. And they estimate that across Australia, there may be hundreds of thousands of people who are connected to a house church. And uh, wonderful to welcome today Sharon Stevenson, who with her husband Merv have been with the House Church Australia for most of the past two decades. And Sharon is joining us today. Sharon, welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for having me. Sharon, let's begin with the number of house churches in Australia because for a lot of people, those who are part of a house church, they might feel as though they're a bit isolated and they do their thing and it works successfully for them but just not so familiar with the fact that this might be happening in thousands and thousands of other homes around the country. So give us a little insight here into the number of house churches that you might be aware of. Well, Neil, you're right. A lot of house churches are just a husband and wife in a remote area um, for one reason or another can't get to a church congregation. But our estimates uh, actually came up with 800,000 and that was 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. So it would be uh, a great deal more than that now. Well, when you say the figure 800,000 people who are attached to a house church, and we're talking here in Australia, some people are going, wow, that that number seems almost too big and uh, maybe too ambitious to think about. But you really, you extrapolated uh, a number of uh, details in some research that you did throughout Victoria and uh, you found that there was a lot of house churches in Victoria and if there's that many all around Australia that's where you get that sort of number from. That's correct and we did rural districts as well as in the city and out in the suburbs and the figures were pretty much evenly sp- spread so uh, there must be well over a million people in house churches today. And when we talk about a million people potentially there in house churches today, and given that we've got a closed-door policy on churches right now, of course every church, every house is in some sense like a home church, but when we think of church, we are thinking of some sort of order too. And when you say husband and wife in a remote location, yes, that's going to be 
a little bit different to the idea of uh, the idea of having you know some level of hierarchy where there's pastoral oversight and there's people who are elders and there's those who are you know involved in discipleship or uh, those who are involved in mission activity all sorts of things like that that we associate with a formal house uh, with a formal church not necessarily a house church but house churches as you say, uh, they, they can be friends or family gathering together to have church. And this, this is much longer than what we've had in this current crisis. Oh, yes. In fact, it's probably been going on since just after the Second World War. Uh, the, the difference today, Neil, is that we now have enormous house church networks growing. So we're not talking about people little individual groups all by themselves. So when you've got a house church network, you've got a full-time pastor, you've got um, evangelists, you've got teachers, you've got all the fivefold ministry at work within those networks. Okay, so there is a formality to the structure of church without actually having the bricks and mortar building, uh, but you've got people meeting in house churches. And you say these sorts of networks are growing here in Australia, a little bit like an inspired uh, you know, model that we might talk about that happens in a house church in China, but they're under persecution. We've not been under that level of, uh, of pressure and persecution here in Australia, but similar sort of model working there. Very much so, yes. And in fact, it's almost as if it's part of a reformation where God is bringing the church back into line with what we lost for the first 350 years after our Lord went home to be with the Father. We uh, we did house church meetings. And, and when we read our Gospels and we read the letters that were written by Paul and Peter and, uh, and the disciples, we we can see that this, these were house church networks and this, is, this seems to be quite a move worldwide back, not just within those nations of the persecuted church. Well, it gets controversial, doesn't it, if we talk about, when you say, a little bit like the Reformation, but in the Reformation, of course, there was this idea of a rejection of the authority that came with the denomination. And so, you know, rejecting that authority and going alone and then taking responsibility for your own uh, theological truth and, uh, and the way that you promote your church. What are your thoughts around, you know, some of the vulnerabilities that come with actually being out on a, as a house church on your own or in a network? Well, I think the important thing to remember, Neil, is like I said, this is this is not new and it's starting to mature and Many, many people now are pastoring house church networks and we've got the fivefold ministries happening. Uh, house Church Australia is now an association. But when we all started back in the twen- uh, about 20 years ago here in Australia, there were a number of house church networks established. So we've got people like Oikos that was started by Bessie Pereira and um, uh, that's a, a massive network now across Australia. This backyard, this house to house, there's many, many different house church networks that uh, have a worldwide movement. And it's now not so much uh, seen as the rebellious thing that it used to be 
uh, seen as where they would uh, immediately ask you, well, whose whose authority are you under? In other words, you know, um, you've got to be under some authority. That those things have been taken care of, and I do believe that we are the royal priesthood, and, and Christ is the head of the church. And if we're pressed in to Jesus, then we're going to be hopefully listening to the Holy Spirit, reading our Word, and and gleaning as much as we can, whether we're inside a building or worshiping in our homes. I know some people will be very encouraged to hear that there are house church movements in Australia that are not just new and not just finding their way, but as you say, have been functioning right back since the end of World War II. And the idea that there is maturity in those house church networks could be very encouraging for a lot of people listening to us today. Let's talk about your story, Sharon, because your initial move to a house church model came after a a church event and a lot of people were hurt. Uh, Give us a little insight here into your story. Um, Yes, certainly, Neil. I just want to say that I'm not prepared to actually discuss the particular event because it's something that was worked through. It was 17, 18 years ago, and it um, it was something that happened within the leadership of the church that devastated uh, everybody from the top to the bottom. And we uh, were in a position, because my husband had been uh, an ordained minister, um, where we chose to meet in our home, and not go anywhere and gradually over a period of weeks as things blew up with the church, people rang us and said, look, can we come and sit with you? Can we pray with you? And we began to meet in our home. And when we got to about 40 or more, um, we then decided that we needed to do something. It was a turning point. And and some, this was about 12 months later, some decided they were ready now to step back into church some uh, picked up ministry for themselves and some of us stayed within the house church movement. And we're all still connected today. So that period of time that we had pulling back from from the church and uh, people gathering within the home, it was a very safe place to discuss the events that had hurt us all. And one day we just realized that for the first time uh, we'd had a meeting, we'd had lunch, everyone had gone home and not one person had mentioned the event. It took almost a year. But the beautiful thing, Neil, was that everyone felt healed and ready to move on and none of us took that uh, and scarred another church with our hurts. Well, that's really, really interesting and powerful thoughts that you're sharing. And there may be listeners who are tuned in today who are thinking, I've had this experience too, and there may even be some unresolved tensions and conflict. And I imagine that your encouragement is going to be to get those tensions and conflicts resolved because you don't want to leave those things unforgiven where you've held some level of animosity there. You want to see those things healed. But this is the reality, and uh, Sharon, you might have your own thoughts here, but this is actually likely to happen in lots of churches where you get to a point where there are tensions and there are conflicts and things do get to a point where people are uh, often hurt. Uh, people can be crushed in some all sorts of things like this and politics in church and all sorts of things like that. Uh, but people do get hurt and 
they're not always ready to take their hurts to another congregation. What are your thoughts here about the frequency by which people do get hurt because of church conflicts? Well, I would say that not one person listening would have um, escaped being hurt in church. And I think that my own personal view, having been through this experience, which I have to say was very extreme, it was the absolute extreme end of what can happen in a church, um, what I understand you're talking about is is the more day-to-day things where we hurt each other. I think the important thing is to remember what Jesus said, you know, we have to love one another. And... Love is not criticizing people. It's not bringing judgment. Love is forgiveness. And we can't be healed until we forgive. While we hang on to unforgiveness, uh, we are actually giving the devil a stronghold into our own life as well as holding back the person or people that we're not forgiving. Interesting, isn't it, that when there is a conflict, and let's just acknowledge that you're talking about an extreme level uh, where there was a conflict and lots of people were hurt and crushed, and oftentimes that comes down to leadership issues. Uh, but, uh, But there is a certain sense in which the home church then becomes a healing mechanism. Uh, some will say, well, you've got to resolve those things within the church and, and uh, hold firm and be faithful in your calling to that particular church. But there's a certain sense in which sometimes that doesn't altogether work. And you do need to have a place where you can be healed from some of those uh, hurts and divisions that have come. So the home church then creates a sort of a healing uh, a place where people can go to, uh, to, to rest and, and recharge. Yes, and many house churches, especially in the early uh, days in Australia, um, began this this very way of coming out of a hurting situation, a small group uh, sticking together, and the key to the key to it really is allowing each other the time and the space to discuss and pray for each other and and weep if we have to um, until it comes to a place where it is no longer an issue. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but for us it took nearly 12 months and I think it's like any grieving process. When we've been hurt or a church has been wounded, we, uh, we are going into grieving and we have to allow ourselves that time. And this is a very good forum for doing it. And in actual fact, many churches have a lot of home groups, and this would also be a house church format that can work within uh, a normal denominational uh, structure to have those home group situations where people, you know, feel that, that, well, can we just meet outside of the meeting, if you like, for a little while and let's get healed. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, I'd like to invite you to join in our conversation today. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. And we're talking house churches. And there may be no right or wrong answers when you talk about house churches, just a, a different way of doing church. And uh, you might wonder uh, how people get to be a part of house churches. Well, I'm sure there's all sorts of uh, com- complex and uh, even 
uh, inspired ways that people get involved with house church movements. Our special guest this hour is Sharon Stevenson. She's with the House Church Australia movement. And uh, Sharon, as we continue our conversation here, let me ask you about uh, the idea that denominational churches, and we said that you know, there's the in-between here, that denominational churches want ha- house church models as well, and, and uh, you're actually communicating with uh, some denominations about how they form the models for their house churches. Take us into what you're working with in uh, some of the major denominations. Yes, this has um, been quite a, a, an interesting development, which is why I do believe that this is part of a reformation, not just uh, a passing phase. We've had contact with pastors who are looking at church planting uh, from major denominations, and they actually have approached us to ask us how they can set up a house church model and uh, and still be part of their denomination and we we have this happening now and in fact it's been happening the last few years and one of the most exciting things is to see exponential church growth very very early on using the house church model and that's simply because pressure is taken off the pastor to do everything within house church movements Everybody is using their giftings. Everybody is speaking to people. It's not left to the evangelist or the teacher or the pastor to do the work of the ministry. And therefore, it grows very quickly. And no doubt people take responsibility for those issues in church life. So it becomes a bit of a, each home church becomes something like a hothouse where a lot of responsibilities have to be covered that you might not get the opportunity to in a larger denominational church. That's right. There's no pew warming. It's another poll question, and uh, the question asks, is having home church a valid long-term alternative to mass gatherings in church buildings? Uh, 1-800-316-316, or respond on that Facebook question. Uh, The Facebook uh, question uh, percentages, Sharon, are up to 56% who are saying yes it's a valid long-term alternative, and uh, there's 44% that say no. In fact, 44% there might have some sort of objection even to the idea of home churches. Do you come across that, Sharon, in your travels, uh, that sometimes people are saying, you know, the home church idea is all wrong and you ought to be working with the uh, the major denominations and meeting in a church building? What are your thoughts here? Oh, well, my personal thought is that... Um Every believer is the church. We are the church. Um, however, look, if people are really happy with the denomination that they're in and, um, and, and growing in the Lord, I, we have no objection to what the denominational church is doing, Neil. Okay. Um, when I mentioned just before we were cut off a little while ago before the news, the idea of sometimes in a home church movement, you think of it as being smaller than the denominational style church and therefore a lack of compa- capacity for things like you know establishing a school in your community or uh, for having a Bible college and higher education, for establishing hospitals or aged care or sending missionaries uh, what are your thoughts here for, for some of those things that we associated with being part of the major gathering of believers so that there's a real sort of sense of uh, of strength and capacity when you've got a connected bunch of believers? What are your thoughts here? 
Well, for a start, I think that uh, a lot of what you've just mentioned, uh, those sorts of things are available through the larger denominations and a lot of people working with them are not necessarily worshipping and being part of that denomination. And I'm thinking of things like Anglicare and uh, the Red Cross and um, Baptist uh, uh, Aged Care. There's an awful lot out there that everybody is welcome to join into. Bible colleges, uh, pretty much the same thing. And as as for uh, other ministry, look, Merv and I ourselves have preached and, and taught in house church networks, not just around Australia and New Zealand, but uh, but in the persecuted churches overseas. We've um, yeah, we've even been ducked in and out of uh, buildings and had to change our names and all sorts of things. So there is nothing there is nothing to stop the church without walls from participating in any of what you've. Uh, mentioned, Neil. Uh, Tim left a note on our Facebook poll today and said, is God resetting the way we meet? Now, this is an interesting and big one, given the current times and crisis situations and the doors of churches closed and church having to uh, scramble, as uh, we were talking about over the last couple of months, uh, to reform the way they do church and streaming services into living rooms. I wonder if you've got a thought or two here. Is God resetting the way we meet? I believe so, and like I said, this is, I, I don't want to keep using this word reformation, but this is what's happening, and it's happening right across the Western world. Uh, parts of the world have been doing this for hundreds and hundreds of years because of persecution, where they've been forced into the house, house church networks, and in some nations, uh, one that was mentioned earlier, for example, a small house church network is a million members just in one house church network. And uh, I think that we are seeing, because of C19, we're now seeing what is possible within Australia. And I'm, I'm so excited to find people who are attending church and not just tuning into their normal church um, that they would visit on a Sunday morning, but they're also cho- choosing to to, uh, to tune into other preachers, teachers, evangelists, and there's a a lot of cross-pollinating going on right at the moment. Uh, There's some more comments just to draw attention to. Wendy says, what about those who are housebound? They absolutely have their place. What about celebrities who don't want to meet in, who who want to meet rather in smaller groups where they aren't uh, poured over and harassed? Uh, can't people enjoy small groups, get together and have services in their own homes? There, there are some senses there in which, uh, you know, some people, the smaller gathering in a home actually provides some protections there. Uh, different sort of protections as to the sorts of protections we were talking about earlier, where we talk about people who've been hurt and needing a place to recover. But, but there are all sorts of people, I guess, who uh, are comfortable with that sort of setting. Absolutely, and the Word of God tells us that wherever there are two or more gathered, that He is right there in our midst. And, you know, that's that's exciting to think that, you know, we don't have to, you know, uh, get onto transport and and put ourselves, you know, in danger if we're we're unhealthy or, um, like Wendy was saying about celebrities, that can be an issue. It's nice to be able to meet in a private setting.
Now, another comment from Steve, who says, Home Church promotes everyone playing their part in preaching the gospel, whereas large churches, (laughs) this is uh, Steve's words, are a boring chore for attendees to gain access to heaven largely. Now, that's an interesting one, and I think quite controversial. Some people will say, oh, well, you're right, though, because uh, not everybody gets to play their part in a large gathering. What are your thoughts for Steve? (laughs) Well, Steve, I I guess the thing is that some people enjoy going along and, and being fed, and other people like to help themselves to the banquet table. So, you know, I'm, I'm not prepared to comment too much on that one. <laughs> Look, and, uh, you know, it, it all depends on, uh, you know, there's horses for courses, and, uh, and some people uh, will respond better to that idea of being part of the larger gathering where there's not much pressure on them. It is the Monday edition 2020 and beyond our control that our phone system seems to have suffered a uh, some uh, level of malfunction and so we have lost our special guest and uh, that meant that of course many listeners couldn't follow through and uh, call and be part of our conversation also. Uh, Sharon Stevenson was our guest with House Church Australia. Uh, simply Google house churches and you'll come up with a whole lot of names. You might come across uh, ones called Oikos, O-I-K-O-S, or House to House, or Backyard. And uh, there are lots of people who are a part of house churches throughout Australia. And and uh, Sharon may well be absolutely right. The number of people who are connected with house churches it could be in the vicinity of 800,000, even as many as a million people who are connected with house churches. You know, there are, is a continuing conversation on our Facebook post today. There's a poll there that we've been running, and you can still join in that poll, and you can, you can communicate with other listeners who have their own thoughts when it comes to house churches. The question I've been asking today is, is having home church a valid long-term alternative to mass gatherings in church buildings. Well, there's a couple of other responses I can bring to you. One response that says, I think getting back to church is important. However, we've found by doing church online, we're reaching many people who wouldn't come to church. So there's definitely a use for both. And uh, in brackets, uh, our church is a home church. And then Susan says, yes, definitely church has never meant, church was never meant to be a building gathering, but a house gathering. Our churches are too big these days and it becomes so hard to make friends. Well, there's some interesting perspectives in that. You might like to communicate with other listeners as they're responding online to that question, is having home church a valid long-term alternative to mass gatherings in church buildings? We might have to set up another conversation on another day and just take this issue a little further, taking it a lot deeper, because as we had one comment a little earlier, is this the new normal? Is this what God is doing? in changing the way we do church. And as our guest was reflecting, uh, when Sharon said, it's a little bit like a reformation, perhaps a different way of doing church that takes church to your living room in a more permanent sense, uh, rather than the major church buildings. 
uh, all sorts of challenges and there's lots of things to talk about, pros and cons on both sides. And certainly it is a valid topic for another day's conversation. So uh, thank you so much to Sharon. We haven't even been able to call Sharon back to thank her. But Sharon, thank you so much for being part of 2020 today. And uh, she's, of course, with House Church. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 